Welcome to Art Root Radio, and I'm your host, artist Michelle Lockery. And I think we have Edward, so you're going to hear Edward, my cat. I think Edward's in the studio today. Today's podcast is um, an interview with a woman I'm working with in Gallery Vertigo in Vernon, British Columbia. And Bridget is trying to take um, a downtown gallery, and um, she had approached me to work together on how to make the gallery sustainable, uniquely socially inclusive, and just to try to, you know, work together to bring people together, to bring seniors into a relevant place in this world, because it's very, very interesting to age in today's world. You do feel invisible and, um, you know, we're learning uh, like children, well, children know more than us, in the digital world. I'm really blessed because I have stayed relevant and um, this podcast and doing, you know, NFTs and, and doing all sorts of things on the computer has kept me relevant and my father did that and I'm, I watched his brain stay very active for a very long time. So relevancy is a really important thing, but so is wisdom from the past. And so with Bridget's work, um, you'll hear her dreams for the future and just her incredible tenacity to, you know, to do and to create a stream for her community that is um, very inclusive, but with policies and procedures that have sustainability plans for the future. And that's something I'm really passionate about because I love art and I love to create and I've made many, many public art projects and have worked with many cities for public art policy plans. But community art has to have policies and procedures and I know that's not the norm for creativity in those two marriages, but it really is. The business of the arts is a very, very complicated and layered and very important process and um, that process needs to be on the infrastructure books of city council for us to really, you know, to work forward to the value of the arts in our economy. And um, I'm really passionate about that. So I, I hope you enjoy the time I spend with Bridget today in the studio. What I would like to say is I would like to tell a story or read a poem. And the poem is by a woman named Georgiana Moore. And she wrote it in 1927. And it sort of was the heart behind why the sunflower was chosen as sort of a symbol of our projects. And it's it's definitely that a sunflower is equalizing. And I love all flowers. I particularly like dahlias and sunflowers and all the large, you know, beautiful, passionate flowers. Um, probably it's my personality. But this poem is so poignant. So just spend a little time and just... Listen to this story. The message of the sunflowers, a magic symbol of peace. Once upon a time, the earth was even more beautiful than it is today. The water was pure and deep, reflecting within the self the sunlight, which gave life to all the creatures beneath the waves. The earth was green with many kinds of trees and plants. These gave food and shelter to the birds, the animals, and to all mankind. At night, the air was so clear that the starlight gave a glow almost as bright as the moon. The people of the earth lived close to nature. They understood it and honored it 
and never took more than what they needed from it. The people lived in peace, so they prospered and began to build many nations all around the world according to nature's climate. But one day, a terrible thing happened. A strange spirit of greed entered the hearts of mankind. People began to be jealous of one another, and they were not satisfied with all the good things they already had. The nations wanted more and more of everything, more land, more water, more resources. They squeezed precious minerals from the earth to build terrible weapons to defend their nations from other greedier nations. They killed one another. They polluted the air and the water with poisons. Nature began to die. This is called war. War is ugly. It destroys love and hope and peace. Then one day, a magical thing occurred. The birds of the air, the animals of the land, and the creatures beneath the waters came to an agreement. If they were to survive, something would have to be done to stop these wars. Only through peace could their world survive. We cannot speak the human language, they declared, and mankind can no longer understand ours. We must find among us a symbol of peace so brilliant that all who see it will stop and remember that peace and sharing is beautiful. I am what you need, said a golden sunflower. I am tall and bright. My leaves are food for the animals. My yellow petals can turn plain cloth to gold. My seeds are many and are useful for food by all living beings. Yet the seeds I drop upon the ground can take root, and I will grow again and again, and I can be your symbol of peace. All nature rejoiced, and it was decided that the birds would each take one sunflower seed, and they would fly over every nation and plant the seed in the earth as a gift. The seeds took root and grew, and the sunflowers multiplied. Wherever the sunflowers grew, there seemed to be a special glow in the air. The people could not ignore such a magical sight. Soon they began to understand the message of the sunflowers, so they decided to destroy all their terrible weapons and put an end to the greed and to the fear of war. They chose the sunflower as a symbol of peace and new life for all the world to recognize and understand. A ceremony was celebrated by planting a whole field of sunflowers. Artists painted pictures of the sunflowers, writers wrote about them, and the people of the world were asked to plant more sunflowers as a symbol of remembrance. All nature rejoiced once more as the golden sunflowers stood tall with their faces turned eastward to the rising sun. Then following the sun until the setting in the west, they gave their goodness to the world so that everyone who sees a sunflower will know the golden light of peace is beautiful. This poem was written in 1927. My sunflower project started in 2013. This poem is so relevant as we all know today. And is there not sunflowers as a symbol of peace around the globe? Are artists not creating sunflowers as a symbol of peace all over the world? Sunflowers have become the symbol of a world free of nuclear weapons. This is what Georgiana wrote in 1927. After Ukraine gave up its last nuclear warhead, the defense ministers of the U.S., Russia, and Ukraine met on a former Ukrainian missile base June 4, 1996. They celebrated by scattering sunflower seeds and planting sunflowers. 
Former U.S. Secretary of Defense William Perry said, Sunflowers instead of missiles in the soil will ensure peace for future generations. 1996. I'm taking a big sigh because we started the sunflowers in a movement for peace, planet, prosperity, art, and joy. Had no idea where the sunflower would go. Had no idea that we would be at war. And had no idea that I would feel fear for my grandchildren as there's talk of nuclear war on the news. But the hope is people like Bridget, people who helped paint our satellites, the artists that came together, the singers that came together, um, just people coming together like a sunflower. Grab a tea and take a listen because the Sunflower Project has now deep roots and many seeds. And welcome Bridget into the studio today. Hi Bridget, welcome to Art Root Radio. Hello Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm looking forward to the end of this year to relax and cook some Christmas cookies and to just, you know, I think we've been working pretty hard, so I think we need a cookie rest. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. It has been one heck of a tremendous year. Goodness gracious. When I think of everything that we've accomplished at Gallery Vertigo, it's just, it, it's actually surprising. I mean, you know, um, having... Let's see, uh, one, two, three major exhibits that involved all kinds of members of the community and were successful. Like that, that's quite a, that's quite a, an accomplishment. It really and is. It, it really is. Like Bridget, like honestly, like when you and I started to work together, we had all these dreams and, you know, trying to make art a thread in the community. And I think that has happened I mean, it's a beautiful thread that has been sewn. Oh, yes, I agree. Um, it, it, there have been some hurdles that we've, had to, that we've had to jump over, but they, nevertheless, they were done. And um, it, it, it took a lot of work, but the work was well worth it. It, was, it. it actually created quite a bit of success and quite a bit of talk. You know, it... Um, it generated conversation, which is something that I'd like to see Gallery Vertigo do more of. It's it's truly interesting because I'm sitting here, like, so for listeners who don't know a little bit, so can you tell us a little bit what Gallery Vertigo is, what it has been, and where you'd like to see it go? Well, as far as I understand it, Gallery Vertigo started um, – Back in 2000, well, actually 1999, a group of artists had gotten together and um, put together a place where local artists could display their work um, in a collaborative manner. In 2001, um, Judith Jerica, who was the, the instigator at the time, uh, applied for uh, charity status so we became a nonprofit registered charity, and from there they had they showed workshops, they had exhibits, and it was all it was all done through the work of the local artists that had sort of established um, this little gallery. 
and it was a small gallery at the time. It was in an old building off of uh, 30th and 31st. And they did, you know, they did workshops for youth. They ended up having poetry readings. They, they did all kinds of stuff. They ended up, um, over the years, you know, as people kind of left, things started kind of, I don't want to say go downhill, but they became less involved with um, collaboration. It was more inviting artists to exhibit. Since then, when I joined Gallery Vertigo, I moved up here to Vernon in 2013, and I had done, I sort of exhibited some of my fiber uh, art, and then from there I joined the board and I, I saw the potential for Gallery to really become a hub for artists to learn the the business of the arts, not so much how to draw or how to paint, but to learn the business of the arts. In other words, what is copyright? How do I make a proposal to a gallery? That kind of thing. And that's kind of where I'd like to see gallery go um, so that it's more of an um, arts educational hub as opposed to... Um, as opposed to a place where we'll show you how to uh, work with glass, we'll show you how to work with acrylics. I, I, I mean, I'm self-taught, um, and it took a lot to learn how to put together a proposal for, for showing your work, put together a pricing scheme for what I want to sell my art for, that kind of stuff, and, I, and I'd like to see Gallery Vertigo head in that direction while at the same time encouraging the art the the public to accept various different art styles it's it's really interesting i'm self-taught too and um there's all streams of artists and all types of artists and all types of creators i again believe every one of us that art is in you if you're human like it's not something you need although i you know, the practice of the skills. There's many groups doing that in our community and in many communities. I don't do well in group learning. I never have. I, I do the best with maybe one person in my studio and just spending time mastering a brushstroke for 17 hours in a row to get where I need to go. And I'm not always a pleasant person while I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand that because we artists tend to at least i do we we i've learned that they tend to actually work quite solitary mm -hmm. you know? um but there's so much that can be accomplished when they come out of that solitude and work together to to involve the community that they live in it's a beautiful dance and i think um Lots of artists, um, I think, create socially and they, you know, they do their art for business. And there's just so many streams. When I was on all the murals, I always thought it was interesting is that each person could be on that wall for 12 hours and hardly talk to each other. But at the end of the day, we would all get down and share food and celebrate the collaboration of having to say, well, that part didn't look good. You got to take that down. You got to change that. You know, that didn't work. And there was a curation that would happen. 
that built mm-hmm. built community in a and it was interesting because I think that when I think of what you do and what we're doing together and what I used to do, we really do develop and find and invite the assets of the community to come together that leave an art legacy behind. Would you agree yeah. that's what we're trying to do that I think it's hard to sometimes explain that it isn't really an art gallery or an art model. It's much more of a stone soup model. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, it is hard to explain, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm stumbling over the words as I'm speaking to you, but it's easy enough to explain, you know, uh, come to this location and we'll, we'll, we'll do a workshop of, you know, how to, how to mix different colors. I mean, that, that's all well and good, but, but that's not what I'd like to see gallery vertigo achieve what, what to me, gallery vertigo should be where I'd like to take it is I'd like to take it to where it's developing a legacy. For example, here, here's, here's an example. I'd like to see gallery vertigo come together with the assets of the community to establish a good working model. Let's say uh, art, like an art infrastructure protocol so that for example if if um if a group let's say in in uh in the bx wanted to put together a uh, a statue of let's say iron and then wanted to present it to 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 our community that there was a way or a vehicle by which they could do that yeah and, and that to me, that to me is something that Gallery Vertico could act as a hub for. Well, it sure matches my dream of a wayfinding art school because for me, the murals are wayfinding signage. And I always laugh that there's so much money out there federally for wayfinding signage. And I've been pushing for 25 years. Just make pay the artists to make the signs like you did in the olden days. That's how we got out of the depression was with the giant mural project and stop calling it, you know, it's not art or signage. It is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. (laughs) the best way for me to think about it is it's not so much the product, you know, the, 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 the murals. Yeah. That's the end result, but it's what takes place before you reach that end result. You understand what I'm like? Oh yeah, Bridget, for me, like until they do a documentary of what the layers of between the walls and the viewer are on the, on the downtown and all my murals around the world, will people understand that, hey, here's 13 of us and we're standing in front of the wall. We have no paint. We don't have anything. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Hey, my dad owns a paint store. I think he could give us two gallons of paint. All right, that's how it started. Hey, yeah. you know, there was a politician. We don't have any scaffolding. Well, I, well, I have no way to get it up. I'll help. Everybody brought something. You know, there would have been a day that we were painting and it was hot. And, you know, we were like, okay, this isn't going to work. What do we need? We need this. And somebody would come by. And it was the gathering spot to let everybody bring something to the table of value. 
It doesn't mean they painted. It might mean that they helped put the scaffolding up. They fed a youth. They told a story. They had a photo. Um, I, I mean, person, it, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's each person made a contribution. You know, it, 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 you're right. It's like when you have a potluck. Yeah. You know, it's like when you have a potluck, people are invited to your potluck and each person brings something to add to the bounty at the table. It's so funny because I think about kids, right? So you can bring... 10 kids to the table and you've brought 10 premier artists in my world. Yet, for some reason, we put this word that there's going to be public art or it's art. And if you can call it art, you somehow have value. That makes me crazy. <laughs> because it's truly the opposite, is that children teach us the art because it's their future. We just have to provide the platform and the infrastructure for people to tell their stories. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that to me is an important aspect. You know, the, the, the platform and the infrastructure to be able to allow people to tell their stories. That, that's what I'd like to see Gallery Vertigo um, work towards. So how easy was it? So, okay, now you did have me in your pocket, but you have your own legal expertise background, and I know that. And, um, how did you find the process of getting the mural created? What was the easy part? What was the difficult part? Oh, the, the, the butterfly mural that, that's currently on, on the wall next to our location. Um, it, it was a long process. We started, we started thinking about um, doing that mural, gosh, in well, before the pandemic, no, in 2020, as the pandemic struck. And in order for us to determine whether we could do that, I checked the city bylaws, preferably the signed bylaws for City of Berlin. And in that bylaw, there was a reference to the murals. The explanation wasn't quite clear, so we spent time talking with um, city administration and found out we had several steps that we needed to complete. Uh, the first step was getting permission from the owner of the building whose wall we wanted to put the mural on. We needed to get that in writing. Then we needed to... Um, we needed to verify with the downtown Vernon Association that we would not be approaching them for any uh, monetary assistance in maintaining the mural. And once we got all that in place, then we had to um, we had to wait to get approval from the city of Vernon um, to do it. Once we got that approval, then we ended up having to find the funds in order to uh, to create the, the product and so we we applied for grant funding and along with the grant funding of course there wasn't there wasn't sufficient funds that we asked for we were we needed additional support so we did things like approaching um local suppliers for paint and we 
approached people to come and help paint the wall and that kind of stuff. It took, I'm going to say two years. What's it? Working at it. What's so interesting, right? Trouble because was, the trouble, the, 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 the work took a long time, but we found that in doing that, there was really no clear, um, there was no clear protocol or process, um, or it, 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 it was. It seemed like at every turn there was something else that needed to be that needed to be uh, dealt with. So for us, it would have been much easier if there was a clear. Uh, I'm going to say a clear workbook, not a bylaw, but a clear policy. Here's an example: Vernon has an official community plan. And so within that plan, there was a strategy and various things that need to be accomplished. Well, they don't, Vernon doesn't seem to have an actual group or committee that, that has like an official public art plan, if you want to call it that. And it seems to me that Having something like that would benefit. Oh my God! The city, but the artists and and our tourism. It it's so interesting being the person because now you know, as I'm older, and being a person that has witnessed what was for the city of Vernon, the city of Vernon at the time when the mural project started won many awards, innovation awards, heritage awards, um, BC Achievement Award for a process and a model that was so successful. I mean, the city invested about $250,000 in the entirety, but we raised close to six point something million dollars to create an infrastructure, to create the downtown revite, the, the bike patrol, the rock. We did a rock project where we did signage and built stairs. It was basic community infrastructure that left an art legacy. And it's so funny that you and I ended up working together because I knew the process. The process was strong. It just, there was, I think the disconnection was on how to to communicate the process because I think it got confused that it was an art project, not an infrastructure project. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that because at the time that, um, at the time that I, that the gallery was struggling actually, we moved from our, our old location to the location we're at currently. And um, we were we were struggling financially. And um, I had to find a way of developing something that that could sustain us in a way that that allowed us to to do some of the work that we were attempting to do and someone had someone had suggested well let's why don't you talk to michelle and that's how i reached out to you that's when i reached out to you and quite frankly it was one of the best decisions i think that i've made um working with you and seeing how you seeing how you can you can uh, build the infrastructure that 
that that gives you sustainability was was inspiring well thank you because you know at that time when you and i met in that tea shop i was like nope not doing any more projects i mean i loved my projects and and each one of them like the one in merit raised eight million dollars to build infrastructure the hall of fame it was the catalyst for all that i was tired I'm so tired. I'm sure that you were. I'm I was sure so, you... And I think for me, Bridget, it was really interesting because I remember Eric had said to me, you know, do you have another big project under your belt? Can you just keep this one just small? And I'm like, ah. but you had, for me, when I met you, I get excited about meeting really intelligent people. And you have this intelligence that is so exciting to me because you understand, I know we've talked, you and I have talked about, we have similar upbringings with coal mining, but you understand that community building through the arts is finding assets and turning it into like an art mine. You get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's part of, it's part of the way that I've, I've worked in the past. Like to me, um, it's it's almost like many hands make light work. Yeah, you know, uh, and um, part parcel of, I guess, why I I work that way is I used to belong to, um, I used to belong to a group called Junior Chamber International, and that group um, consisted of people between the ages of nineteen to forty. The, the premise being that the group used um, used working on uh, events and projects to give young people the experience of managing and uh, containing their their work in such a way that that there was they they didn't have to answer to a boss if it failed or if it succeeded but it gave them the opportunity to learn what it was like collaborating yeah and i think part and parcel of that um kind of became ingrained in my brain and i, I just find it easier to to work that way you know, if, if, if someone, for example, here's, here's an example. I, I like to write. I like to, t to tell stories. Um, but I'm not always very good at getting the stories down in, in, a, in a concise form. So I might know somebody who is an editor, or I might know somebody who can do an illustration of my story. So if I have those assets, um, why can't why shouldn't I work with those assets to to create a to um, create an infrastructure and a product and share share the work and share the profits exactly. That's for me too, Bridget. I can. I'm. I mean, I tell my story all the time that I come from a mining town that you know has had so many disasters. It's had to reinvent itself over and over. And my nephew was just in a horrible accident in a mine up north. And in 18 hours, they raised twenty five thousand dollars to support the two young men that were hurt. Oh wow! You know that that well, but the community model, and it's the same for me. It was the chamber. 
a man from the chamber, Rob, uh, Bill Knox? No, Robert Knox. Something Knox, can't remember his name, sorry, taught me that if, he says, Michelle, he says, I was running an art center and struggling to find money and trying to get murals painted. And he said, if all nonprofits would go in a mall, and he goes, you'd have one photocopier in the middle of the room, and everybody would be together, and all the courts, carts would be in front of one horse. He goes, amazing things would happen. It should be a creative chamber. He goes, but no, we have all these nonprofits in separate buildings with their own photocopier, all struggling for the same pot of money. And he says, that is not a good model. Yeah, yeah. And th isn't it funny? You see that. Have you ever seen a nonprofit mall? How brilliant would that be with a giant gallery down the center? Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of what you're trying to do with Gallery Vertigo. Yeah, well, with trying, that's, that's a good <laughs> word. Sometimes, you know, it's interesting because sometimes you, you meet people that um, are willing to work with you and willing to share, and and then there's uh, there's others that it's, it's it's there's others that are skeptical. Let's let's say it that way. Um, they're skeptical and um, because of their own situation or their own company situation, you know, they're 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 reluctant to take the risk. Well, it's because non work nonprofit work is exhausting. It truly is. They say if you last five years in a nonprofit, you're doing okay. I mean, people are working hard. The assets are definitely shrinking. More money is being spread governmentally through the system than to the people. We, kn we know the problem. I find it interesting because I think there's artists that are visionaries or people, not just artists, people that are visionaries. And you have to be able to see what isn't there in order to evoke change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part. I mean, for me, it, I think people see you working really hard and they see a small gallery. They don't see the fact that you have federal funding now. You have brought in international interest. You had a national show this year that was on a Ukrainian internment, you know, huge national and international interest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You've had great sponsors. You've had Cloverdale Paint and Wayside Press and, which, and Nixon with Nixon Wanger. I mean, I've been funded by Cloverdale Paint for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you're right. uh, it, it, as a as a storefront, you're right. People see the gallery, but they they don't see they don't see all the stuff that goes on behind the wall for that gallery or that storefront to exist. Absolutely right about that. And they don't see the artist donation. So, you know, we had a Melina Moore. Melina Moore is an, is an international celebrity, and she did a project with us and donated more than she could ever have gotten paid as we're starting out. But that asset has huge value. It does. It does. And it's not, and it's like even, even our local artists, um, you know, they see the value of a place like Gallery Vertigo to the extent that they, a lot of them donate their time, their time to host at the gallery, their time to uh, 
come and install some of the art. I mean, I like to see Gallery Vertigo be that kind of a hub. Not just not just for um, not just for product, but for for artists to get together and 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 share and and socialize and yeah, just you know connect. Yeah, just con- well, you know, and I think the value that Gallery Vertigo and many nonprofits, you know, I think about the Fur House and what um, the people there are doing. How incredible! the connection centers for all walks of life. And it's such an inclusive, there's so many inclusive, great ideas that are happening. But if we don't put the value, like I sit and think about the last two years and you think about the money that's brought in compared to yeah. the, the government support that you get, you're probably at $500,000 a year in assets that have been given in kind to our downtown core. That is true. That is true. That's the other thing. People tend to, People tend to forget that nonprofits. Um, it, it's not just the, it's not just the, the financial money that is raised to to do the work that they do. There's all the the volunteer hours and and whatnot that's involved behind the scenes. If if one were to calculate based on what our federal government consists considers um, uh, a value in for in kind at tw- at twenty dollars an hour. I mean, there's you you the amount of of money monetary the the monetary value of in kind that nonprofits contribute to the community is staggering. It's like I'm sitting here, Bridget, and I'm laughing because my husband's in Chicago presenting a concept for mining in Chicago, and he's all in his handsome suit, and he sent me a picture. And I'm sitting here picturing you and I, and I'm going, well, let's talk about return and investment. There was this idea for murals downtown Vernon. I met a group of very smart people, Chris Rowland. I actually think Brian Quiring was on that. Um, There's many people on that board that worked hard to imagine having murals downtown. They did not imagine what we would do with the social side, with teaching youth, and what I brought to the table of training youth. But for an investment, so if the city gave $250,000 in the five years that it was really active, the feds gave a million dollars, many other players gave dollars, there was many products that were created, and those 30-something murals have been there for 25 years, giving an unquantifiable amount of tourism, and right now, there's $100,000 for maintenance. <laughs> if I was a company, I'd go, that was a very lucrative project, if you look at it. <laughs> a very good return on investment, did they not? Did they not? And it's and I think now, standing here, it still does. There should be a documentary. There should be a study on the model. The employment, where have all those young people and the seniors and the Legion people and the bike patrol and the historians and the photographers, all of what happened in that infrastructure. Wow, that's a pretty good model, yeah. Bridget. That's... And, and the thing is, is that I don't think, uh, I don't think that there's many people that, that understand or have even 
uh, an inkling of that and that whole concept of how that generated what it generated um it, it's yeah it's <laughs> it's pretty mind-boggling for me because I'm sitting it's here. Mind-boggling, as you say. Yeah, it's mind-boggling, as you say. Well, it's lovely because I share the model with you all the time as we're starting again to do this next generation. And I mean, I have this app that you know about that I'm pushing to have happen digitally because it's taken its time, and that's okay. Um, because at the well, point, good thing. Sorry for interjecting, Michelle, but you know, good things do take time. I mean, if 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 we rush to uh, if we rush to an end product, um, how good can that end product be? You know, like to me, it's important to um, it's important to take your time um, to to reach the goal that you that you have a vision about, or that a person has a vision about. Let's put it this way. Um, I can, as a fiber artist, I can slap together, you know, a, a, a quilt or I can slap together a jacket, but how long will that last? I'd much prefer to take my time and generate something that's, that's going to last, that's going to be, as you point out, a legacy. Well, and that's why they're called legacy projects, not art projects. So I'm sitting here pushing my laughing because I'm going, this is what I see because I'm connecting the dots like in a pattern. I have Dr. Carl Schutz's car in my driveway because he was my mentor and we know all how famous Shamanus is. Sitting yeah. in my driveway as a gift on his departure from this planet. I have a partnership with the Federation of Route 66 who's having their 100th anniversary and is still working in our alliance as we have Lori Fleming, the queen of the Canadian Route 6699 Association and that partnership and brand. And we're sitting in the town, downtown, where the community of the mural city of Route 66, Cuba, Missouri, is also a partner who came up to Vernon when we were painting the First Nations mural and shared the story. So we have a sisterhood there. And I'm going, that asset sits in our downtown and right now sits at Gallery Vertigo. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know. I'm just, I don't know why I'm finding it, it funny. Yeah. I uh, actually I find it really interesting because that that sort of follow the dots yeah that, that's that's exactly um, that's exactly what I what I think um, I'd like to see gallery vertigo do in other words create more dots well, I think we started that because, you know, we were lucky enough to have Delvier ask us to paint something for her, and that's been successful. That's, yeah, that's true. It, it was, it was, it was, um, part of it was luck, yes, but it was also recognizing that there was the opportunity to, to do that. For me, it was such a gift for her to ask me to do that, for me to have known her, and for us to be able to put that light and in a dark time on the wall. Like now we're going to have scarves and people can look at stuff we're going to sell to help gallery and, and help more artists and help. Like you have plans for special, special programming for all of the superpower kids. And there's a few, you have some new ideas. Um, we're bringing the Chinese yeah, community. New um, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not going to divulge them right now, but we do have some new ideas, and um, 
those new ideas um, involve um, a multitude of um, a multitude of collaborations. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm looking forward to next year. I am as well. I'm looking forward to a much. Um, my mantra for next year is going to be peacefulness. Peacefulness and collaboration. Those are my two words for next year. I'm going to join you for those two words. Collaboration and, for me, um, enthusiasm. Oh, I love that. It's a good word. That is a good word because you know what? There's so many wonderful things that people can do. Like, I mean, I was talking, you know, we have so many supporters out there. We're talking about doing bee graffiti, little tiny painted bees around downtown Vernon that kids can go and see. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's funny that you say that because um, in looking through some of the archives from Gallery Vertigo, um, we once did something similar to that. It was called Lost and Bound. Oh, I love it. And what we had done is, um, apparently, they had gotten artists to um, put together like little um, little artifacts, is what I'm going to call them, and place them around town with a little label on it that said, "If found, return to Gallery Vertigo." And it was absolutely amazing what what people put together. It's like. Um, one person did um, sculpture of a shoe, and they made some reference to having lost their footing on something. And you know, if you find the shoe, return it to. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And that's the kind of things that I'd like to see Gallery Vertigo do more of. Yeah, and I think it gives every person opportunity to make a little bit of money. Arts should be about employment, and I think we can leave this podcast with. People always say you were, to me that I was a public artist, public art artist, and I'm going, no, I, I never was. Public art is, is not the same as community art. Public art to me is art that's placed by institutions, government, and it's, it, they're, it's wonderful. Um, community art is made by the people, and that for me is the difference in what I choose to name myself. Yeah, and it, it, I'm glad you put it that way because that's what I, I feel Gallery Vertigo is, is, is community collaborative art, not public art. Yes. To me, public art, as you say, is, you know, is institutions and, and our, our federal government. And I mean, ultimately, sure, it's taxpayer money. But um, I, that to me is a differentiation. It is. And it's like little stories like this. When we painted the city of Vernon mural, the, the airplane mural, mm -hmm. the gentleman in the picture was in the hospital at the time. I wish we had taken the kids. We had planned to take the crew um, to see him, but he wasn't well. And he passed away the week we were doing the mural. Yet his granddaughter, who was about eight at the time, came and helped paint the mural. See, those are the kinds of stories that people need to know. And the kind of those are the kinds of stories I'd like to see 
continue. Well, I think like, that, that's community art. And I think that's the power this podcast has, because you and I had talked about how can we educate the community on and the global community because you are attracting global attention. We're very yeah. grateful to the federal government of Canada for the support. Very thankful. It, they, they, they've really supported us. Um, I'm, I'm grateful from the government of Canada. And we have you know? many communities that are, that you are asked as a team now are educating in being part of our bigger trail. Yes. That's a thing that I don't think that just before yeah. we go, Bridget, you've had artists and um, nonprofits from around the province and around Canada, basically reaching out. There, there have been, and um, I'm looking forward to, again, without divulging a whole lot, um, some of our future, um, some of our future strategy is um, outreach. Mm-hmm. So without getting into the details. <laughs> so here's a good thing. So if anybody out there who's listening to our our, our pre-Christmas cookie baking t- time off, um, Gallery Vertigo does take donations. We do take donations. We're a registered charity. And um, keep us in mind on Giving Tuesday. Everybody's involved with Black Friday right now. But there is a Giving Tuesday. And um, we accept um, donations by e-transfer, personal check, or cash at the gallery. And we will issue a tax receipt. We're, we're able to do that. And members, come up, anybody out there that wants to be part of a community change party, come and join us. Absolutely. It's as easy as picking up the phone, calling us, or sending us an email. Thanks, Bridget. We'll put a little bit at the end so everybody can find out. And thank you. And um, I'm hoping, just because I have tasted your Christmas cookies, because I'm not a good baker, that um, we'll be gathering at Gallery Vertigo for a cookie exchange very soon. I have a box for you, Michelle. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Thanks, Bridget. You're welcome, Michelle. It's the art and the history connecting all communities. The water flows through indigenous blue. The tides rise and fall, connecting us all. Water is life, hear our call. The water flows through indigenous blue.